Another school year has ended. The end of every year is marked by final exams or projects. I wonder what grade we would get as parents, pastors, and Christian educators if God graded us on this past school year. The Apostle Paul was very focused on making sure he fulfilled God's mission for him each and every day so he would pass any test God might give him. Stay tuned to see how we can evaluate our efforts in making disciples of the next generation. It's hard to believe that another school year is over. For me, the end of this year marked my 55th year of teaching. I have learned so much about God's plan for educating future generations over the years, but with each passing year, I realize that I still have a lot more to learn. Every Christian school that I have worked with over the years has had a mission statement. The same is true for just about every church and even many individuals today. A lot of time and money is spent uh, on developing mission statements, and they're important because they serve as a means to evaluate everything we do. When you think about a mission statement, uh, they help uh, individuals and organizations divine a purpose in life. They can clarify our purpose and our goals that we want to achieve. I, I believe that a mission statement has three basic components to help us fulfill our purpose. Number one, they clearly state what we're supposed to do. They also, number two, tell us how we are to do it. And of course, number three is, a mission statement tells us what success should look like when we actually do our purpose. Now, an individual Christian, a home, a church, or a school can have a well-written mission statement that is unique to them. However, there is only one true mission that God has given to everyone in his body. This mission is found in Jesus' last words before he ascended into heaven to sit down at the right hand of God the Father. Christians refer to this statement of Jesus as the Great Commission, as it definitely supersedes any mission statement man might come up with. We find it in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, which reads like this. All authority has been given to me, meaning Jesus, in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Unfortunately, this powerful statement that should be the foundation of every Christian's life, the foundation of every church, and the foundation of every Christian school has been too often truncated, or worse, ignored in our homes, churches, and schools. Many people see this as only dealing with evangelism. We go about our daily lives as Christians thinking that Jesus' words means that we are to get people saved, and that's enough. When we break it down, we see that the Great Commission has the three components that we mentioned earlier that make up any mission statement. Number one, it tells us what we're to do. We're to make disciples of all nations. Now, not just get them saved, but make disciples. Number two, it also tells us uh, uh, how we're to do this. We're to baptize them and teach them uh, two things. And number three, and it tells us what, what success looks like. Because when we're successful in 
doing our job of making disciples, these other people will observe and obey all of God's commands. Now, let's look back to the Apostle Paul, who took Jesus' mission for him and every other Christian very seriously. I think he expands on the Great Commission and explanation in his letter to the Colossian Christians. I have found his explanation of the Great Commission very helpful and practical in both my life and ministry. Let's look at what God's Spirit led Paul to write in Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29. Paul wrote, We proclaim him, meaning Jesus Christ, admonishing every man, which is warning every man, and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. I want to take some time and, and break this down and show how these two short verses gives me purpose and a plan for my life and ministry. It also provides me with a tool to evaluate how am I doing in fulfilling God's purpose for my very existence. Paul begins by saying, we, quote unquote, (laughs) proclaim him. Now, Now keep in mind, Paul is expanding on the Great Commission where Jesus tells us that we are to make disciples of everyone. Paul knew that he couldn't do this by himself. It was a team effort, and that is why he said, we, not I, proclaim Christ. If we're going to be successful in making disciples of our children, the home, church, and school must become united in this cause. We must take on this task as a united whole. Paul knew what he was supposed to do and why he needed to do it. Paul's mission had a focus, and his he and his team was focused on just one thing, Jesus Christ. They might proclaim a lot of things to people, but the primary focus was on proclaiming Christ. As you and I strive to fulfill God's purpose for our lives in teaching the next generation, our primary focus must also be on Jesus. Our main, quote-unquote, what we must always do is proclaim Christ. Paul's mission also had a method for doing this. It involved two things. Paul warned every person, and Paul taught every person. Paul knew what was necessary for his teaching to be eternally effective. It had to be done, as the scripture says, in all wisdom. Now, where do we get true wisdom? Well, we have wisdom when our warning and our teaching comes from a biblical worldview perspective. Paul's mission also had a goal. His goal was not for them just to gain knowledge, but to bring every person into maturity in Christ. Or you could put it this way. Paul wanted to see God's work completed in everybody. Paul was burdened about every single person, not just those who are easy to like and easy to teach. This is another way of saying that he wanted every person to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is because a disciple is one who fully obeys all of God's commands. That is a person who is complete and mature in Christ. Now to do this, Paul had to work very hard. In fact, the word labor in verse 29 means grunt work, hard work. Now here's where Paul's wisdom can be seen. He knew he couldn't do this on mere human effort. Why? 
because Paul knew that he couldn't produce eternal results on his own. He, he relied on God working in and through him. All of Paul's efforts were done by first surrendering his life to the Holy Spirit each and every day. Now, this mission statement of Paul's can be applied to our efforts in educating future generations through kingdom education. Uh, Allow me to take a few minutes to explain. As I have stated earlier on this podcast, our ultimate goal in educating our children and youth is to make them into disciples of Jesus Christ. I have also explained how this must be a quote-unquote we thing and not just individuals doing the discipling of children. Even in a Christian school, it takes the whole uh, faculty and coaches and administration board to work together to accomplish this goal. Now, the major focus of our teaching, whether it takes place at home, church, or school, should be on knowing God in a more intimate and personal way. We've got to always remember that God created us to know him, to do a work for him in his creation, and to worship him so that he would be glorified in everything. Now, the method we must employ in performing this mission involves warning our children, just like Paul warned every person, and teaching them truth, just like Paul taught everyone truth. In order to have an eternal impact on their lives, both our warnings and our teachings must be done in all wisdom, which means that the entire educational process must be carried out in the context of a biblical worldview. We cannot do our mission, fulfill it, if we have not developed or are not developing a biblical worldview in our own lives. It is important to understand who each of us is most responsible for helping mature in Christ. Of course, when we talk about parents, parents are most responsible for the spiritual maturing of their own children. Pastors are responsible for the members uh, of their church to grow in the Lord. Now, within a church, different leaders are specifically responsible for certain groups of people. For one example, those who teach youth, well, they're responsible for the young people's maturity. But let me focus on those of us who are in Christian schools and look at our stewardship responsibility in relation to Paul's mission statement in Colossians. I will begin with the school board or committee. These men and women carry a great deal of responsibility for leading the school in achieving its mission. However, if we look at it specifically, there is one person who the board needs to ensure that he or she is maturing spiritually, and that is the head of school. Now, now what you've got to do is the head of school can't be responsible to see that the entire faculty and student body is uh, maturing spiritually. No, he or she has a stewardship responsibility for the spiritual maturity of the leadership team. Or if it's a small school, it might be the faculty. As example, the head of school should do everything possible to see that each principal is becoming more mature in Christ. An elementary principal, for example, would do the same for the elementary teachers. Now, when you look at each teacher, each teacher must take responsibility for his or her students that sit under their influence in a class. Likewise, a coach focuses 
on the spiritual maturity of each of his team members. As you can see, it will require each person in every position to identify what people he or she has major teaching or leadership responsibilities over. Finally, each and every one of us must understand that no matter how hard we work and try to fulfill our responsibilities, human effort's never going to be enough. All of our grunt work as teachers and administrators and coaches must be done as we allow God's Spirit to control us, to work in us, and work through us. So let me leave you with some questions we need to ask ourselves at the end of this past school year. Board members, has the head of your school become more mature in Christ due to your efforts this past year? Head of school, Has your leadership team matured in Christ this year due to your leading? Another way of asking this is, are they more like Jesus today than when the school year started due to your efforts and your teaching? Let's look at each principle. Have you helped your area teachers mature in Christ this year? If so, how specifically have you witnessed their spiritual maturity this year? I could ask every grade teacher or subject teacher, let's just say a third grade teacher, has Johnny become more mature in Jesus this year because he was in your class? Coach, what evidences do you see that shows how each of your players has become more complete or mature in Christ due to being under your influence as their coach this year? Parents, Have your own children become more like Jesus during this school year due to your warning and teaching them in biblical wisdom while they were at home? The same questions can be asked every pastor of a church and every leader and teacher within a church. See, as you think through these questions, what grade would you get from the Lord if he were to evaluate you according to Colossians 1, 28 and 29? I encourage you to do a couple things over this summer. First, be sure to take time to rest and refresh. You know, the school year is long and and you've put a lot of effort in. And, And we cannot just keep going from one thing to another. We need to have some time where we pull back and we're quiet and we just rest and refresh because we understand who God is. But also, think about a couple other things. Is there anything you need to start doing or keep doing or stop doing when the new school year starts so that you will be better prepared and equipped to join other teachers, leaders, parents, and pastors in making disciples of of the people God puts under your teaching and care? Remember that our goal is to make disciples of everyone we influence by warning and teaching them in all wisdom. So this School, uh, summer, you may need to help strengthen your biblical worldview so that you can warn and teach them in true wisdom. There's one thing that would help school board members and administrators not only better understand kingdom education and how to apply its principles in every aspect of their school, but also to understand how they can go and, and help build everyone that they influence into disciples of Jesus Christ. And they can do this by attending one of my summer's Kingdom Education Summits. There's a summit that you can attend regardless of where you live. 
Uh, there's one in Phoenix if you live out in the western part of the country, and one in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina if you're on the eastern side. Uh, there's a summit that you can attend that you can come to where we can, as church and school leaders, understand how God wants us to educate future generations according to his principles. Now, to find out more about a Kingdom Education Summit near you, go to my website. It's simply kingdomeducationministries.com, kingdomeducationministries.com. And, and please register today. Don't put it off. Uh, I we're, we're seeing more and more register each and every day. And at the one in North Carolina, we may have to close it off by numbers. So uh, don't don't hesitate because once we get to a certain number, uh, this isn't an unlimited size thing. We're we're looking at a, a group that can come together and we can really sit down and strategize together. So uh, go today, KingdomEducationMinistries.com, and register. Uh, also. Please send me your comments or questions related to today's episode or any other episode of Kingdom Currents. I would love to hear from you and learn how this podcast has helped you in your walk with the Lord or how I can do a better job on future podcasts to do so. Uh, so would you give me uh, some comments and, and feedback on these uh, uh short episodes of Kingdom Currents? Simply email me at Glenn. Now that's Glenn with one N at Glenn at kingdomeducation.org. My email again is Glenn, one N, kingdomeducation.org. So thank you for tuning in and sharing this podcast with others. I'm so grateful for helping me spread the word. May God give you wisdom as you focus on Christ and warn and teach every person so they will become more mature in Christ. West Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.